0: This is the Unity Community of Central Oregon podcast. First of all, I should tell you why I'm wearing this backpack. Didn't anybody else get the uh, email from Jane? I'm the only one? I took it literally. (laughs) No, it's because it's a symbol of the gifts that I received on this journey and the gifts we all receive when we go on any journey if we keep it sacred. It's filled with them. And at Unity we know we're all interconnected and we teach that in such a deep way that when we have gifts that we've received from something, it's intended to be shared. So that's what this is about. It's sharing some of those gifts that I received. Uh, The last time I saw the Aurora Borealis I had just been on a wilderness adventure and gotten lost for many, many hours, and I'm not going to tell the whole story because it's in my book, uh, and I've told it before. But the bottom line is that was I not on up until now? Well, hopefully, those hopefully those of you online, if you missed it, just quick summary. Uh, I have lots of gifts that I received from my trip, and I'm going to share some of them. The name of the book is Flash. It's about a near-death experience where I left my body. In any case, um, the, the reason that I chose this trip is because even though I've traveled many places and had many wonderful trips, 66 countries, 50 states, 43 of the 60, 45 of the 63 national parks, and every one of them has given me gifts, but I had never been to the North Country, uh, in the Brooks Range, uh, what they call the Arctic. I had been in the Arctic in Finland, but not in our own Alaska. And so a year ago, I got a call from my brother-in-law, who we go on motorcycle trips together all the time. Some of you may remember him from when he visited. His name is Bill, he's Joanne's brother. And uh, he called and said, you know what? I found out that there's a trip we could take to the Arctic, eight days backpacking, camping, hiking, having a great time. Now, he's my age, so I was a little bit surprised uh, because it's been many years since I've been camping. And I thought about, you know, it's cold, it's windy, it's blustery, it's all of that, and I don't really have the gear. He said, I don't either, I'm gonna go buy it. And I've already bought this, why don't you come along? So I said, yep, I'll do it. I had to think about it for a second. Uh, But exploration, adventure, why not? So I said yes, and I anticipated and intended for almost a year, and two weeks before we were supposed to leave, he called me and said, I can't go. My wife's really sick, she's got cancer, I can't make it, but I'm going to give you the gift of everything that I have paid for this trip, and all the equipment that I bought, give it to somebody. And Of course, I checked with Joanne. She laughed. (laughs) She's smarter than me. What can I say? So I offered it to my granddaughter, Shehali, who's 15. And after I told her a little bit more about it, she said yes. And I was so happy that she did because I knew this could be a life-changing experience for her. And indeed, as you'll hear as we go along, it was, and for me too, and it would be for you if you had taken this trip. And I wish everybody could have been along on this trip, uh, even though there was some discomfort. Uh, You know, you do expect, even in August, to have flash snowstorms, and you do expect to have hikes over some ice and up mountains and so on. So you can see why Joanne maybe didn't jump right into that. But a 15-year-old with boundless energy, why not? So let's start with the first slide. This is where we flew into called Wright Air Service in Fairbanks. Now, uh, we flew in on a commercial plane, of course, stayed the night, and then the next day we met. And here's our little group. Uh, Back up one, please. I just want to introduce a few people. Uh, On the far, on your left, is our guide, Molly. Molly is amazing. She's 45. She looks 35, but she has the wisdom of a 55- or 65-year-old. She's amazing. She loves the wilderness. She sees the beauty. She sees the majesty. She draws from that. And I just want to read you what she said uh, when she sent me a thank-you card. She said, Dear Jim, thank you so much for the generous tip you sent me. I really appreciate the thoughtfulness. Although we ended up in a different spot than expected, different person, different spot. Trips don't always go the way you expect, but it's always divine order if you allow, okay? Um, Although we ended up in a different spot than expected, the Arctic's peace, wildness, and glorious mountains provide an amazing experience. What a treasure for you to have that to draw upon with your granddaughter. I know she can, It gets real tight here, she can Feel the power she holds within that the wilderness draws out when embraced. I hope folks enjoy your talk that you did about the, that you will do about the trip. She thought I did it already such an inspiring place. Thanks for sharing it with others Molly and that 's really who she is she 's just such an amazing person to be with so that 's Molly and then of course. Uh, Shaheli and myself and then the three ladies all from Colorado Shane and Margaret and Patty and then the interesting guy on the right is Joseph he is literally a rocket scientist and from Alabama uh, and he tests rocket engines and he's a total introvert so he, he, I, I said you know you didn't come with a friend everybody else came with somebody he says, I don't have friends I mean he just felt like you know, he's like the grizzly bear, I'm alone, but I'm okay, I'm okay. And we bonded like you wouldn't believe on that trip. He and I hiked together quite a bit along with all of us and along with Shahaley, but we had some nice individual trips. It was really amazing to see him open up. So uh, that's the slide. Let's go to the next one. And we're just going to show you the flight on the 10-passenger plane from Fairbanks, 300 miles north, to Arctic Village. And you can go through these pretty quickly. Uh, can the lights go down at all? Or uh, Maybe that helped to be able to pull some of the, uh, the serious beauty out of these slides. Uh, but while we're... Uh, yeah, that's it. Is that better? Yes. Yeah. Okay. This is just so amazing. This is a little... Uh, plane now, a 10-passenger, as I said, and you can see out every window, everybody's got a window seat, and just to be able to see out and take these pictures was fantastic. Let's go to the next one. And you can see all these wonderful rivers. They're just everywhere. They're all these braided rivers that go back and forth with gravel and with beautiful colors and mountains all around that have all the different hues and colors. The next slide. As you can see, it's just spectacular. You just look at it and you go, oh my God, this is amazing. The next slide. Yeah, look at this. Just so much beauty, so much diversity. Next slide. Now this is where we landed, and this is is not where we ended up. This is where we catch the small plane. This is the massive Arctic Village Visitor Center, okay? uh, In the uh, Arctic village of about 156 souls that live there all year round, Native Americans, uh, that just love where they're at. It's pretty difficult in the winter. I mean, there is only two seasons. There's a short summer and a long, dark winter. Uh, I thought there'd be a fall because they called it the fall caribou trip. Guess what? (laughs) August? It goes right from summer to winter, but uh, it was still an amazing trip. Let's go to the next slide. Oh, thank you. That was me. That was the excitement. That was the joy. So here, we're now on the flight from Arctic Village to our final destination, which was supposed to be Gates of the Arctic National Park. But it was snowed in. They couldn't land our float plane on the lake even. So they picked another destination uh, called Spring Creek Valley. And this is on the way. Let's go to the next slide. And just again, the mountains, the colors are just spectacular. Next slide. Look at this. Uh, these riv- ravines that just just burst with, with life and energy and beauty. Next slide. And here we are landing. This is where we actually landed. It's simply a little tundra strip uh, on a little plateau. Uh, and uh, believe me, you're going to get excited if you, get, if you land in one of these planes. Uh, you're going to get some adrenaline rush. Uh, <laughs> It bounces, and it pops up, and this way, and that way, and then finally settles down. And uh, so I was doing my prayer protection, definitely. (laughs) Let's go to the next slide. And the first thing we saw after we landed, literally the first thing before we even got everything unpacked, here comes these caribou's marching by. And, you you know, it wasn't until afterward when I was kind of reviewing my my, uh, trip And I was, what Elaine gave me the right word when I visited with you yesterday, Elaine. You said, unpacking your journey. I loved it. It's not just unpacking physically, it's unpacking all the wonderful things that occurred. And this was one of the first things. Bingo, there's all the caribou. That's part of what I went there for. Northern Lights, number one. Caribou migration, number two. Yeah, grizzlies, wolves, whatever else. But... This was just spectacular to see, and immediately I just felt drawn to this whole scene. I could almost imagine what they were thinking, you know, heading south. Uh, these were the leaders. The, the main pack didn't come along until quite a bit later, uh, so they were the pioneers. Uh, let's go to the next slide. And this is our campsite. I don't know if you can see all the little colored tents there. Uh, But that's the little plateau we landed on, and Spring Creek is right next to it. And you can drink the water out of the creek directly. The air is so beautiful, pure. The water is pure. You need nothing. It's just magical. It's what you'd call ordinary miracles, everyday miracles, uh, to be in a place like this. It's just so spectacular. Let's go to the next slide. There's Shehali. Just set up her tent. Next slide. And there we are the first night, and it did turn cold. We had some 20-degree nights, uh, and you can almost see the cold coolness. But what Molly did is she got us all the thermos of hot water, big ones, and you throw it in your sleeping bag before you go in. And cozy all night long, 20 degrees. No problem. Next slide. So here we are out on the uh, ice uh, taking the hike, and it was during this hike that we were, we were actually with the whole group, obviously. That wasn't one of us taking the picture. Uh, and the, the, a snow squall hit, and we were supposed to stop and have lunch. And this was probably the most significant thing that happened on the trip. I went to sit down uh, to have my lunch, and I thought there was a little bench there, and I missed it. And I fell backwards, and I fell onto a pointed rock, hit my back, uh, and it just knocked my, the breath out of me. And I could, It took me a few minutes to even be able to get up. And I thought, you know, that's going to really mess up my trip. It's going to really, it turned out to be one of the most wonderful things that could possibly have happened. And I'll tell you why. Elaine knows why we talked about this. And that's the beauty of sharing stories is you get feedback, you understand, and you draw a lot of the meaning out of what this is about. It was divine order because right from that point on, instead of me being responsible for Shehali, she took over. She carried my pack for me. She took care of making sure I had a place to sit, that I got my meals, that I was comfortable in the tent. Do you need water? Do you need this? She took care of me the whole way. She would hold my hand while we're sitting together. Are you sure you're okay? You're sure you're okay? It was so beautiful. We bonded so deeply. Uh, And uh, so was that in divine order? I mean, I'm healed now. It was only a few weeks uh, that you didn't want to (laughs) laugh. If anybody's had a a damaged rib, you know what that's like. Uh, But now I can laugh about it and look back on it and say, that was amazing. Let's go to the next slide. And there she is, enjoying it. Uh, She got us all going, playing catch before the accident and uh, just having a great time. She fit right in with all the adults. Uh, They said I was the oldest one that ever took the trip, and she was the youngest, or close to the youngest. I think there was one that was one year younger or something like that. But it was kind of cool to have that kind of a a connection, you know, she felt special, really special. Let's go to the next slide. And here is something that just, after we saw the caribou, this was the next thing I saw. I was told we were past the tree line. Now, what do you see in that picture? Right in the middle of the picture at the bottom, there's a stand of trees, the very last one going north. That mountain range you see north of that, that's the Continental Divide. North of that is the north slope. All rivers go that way. South of it is the south slope. All rivers come this way. Last stand of trees. And that was pretty special. Uh, I just, re- first hike I took was over there. And there's Molly in the stand of trees pointing out a bird's nest. Next slide. Oh, I guess the bird's nest isn't on it. But this was the next thing we saw. Now, these trees are hundreds of years old, and they're only a little taller than me. Uh, But they've been around a long time. They've actually changed the actual environment. They've transformed it, just like the place transforms us when we're on a sacred journey. And I looked at this and I thought, that tree is so much bigger than anything could possibly grow there today. That tells you that thousands, maybe millions of years ago, there was massive forests there. Uh, It's transformed again. Everything changes. Next slide. Here's the nest. Okay. Uh, and when I saw that nest, it reminded me of the raven, and that's what motivated me or inspired me to start talking about Because every time we saw a raven, Molly would point out, they guide all of the small animals to the large animals, um, their food, <laughs> what they have killed. Okay? And so they are the guide. Okay? So a lot of uh, smaller predators watch where the ravens are flying. Uh, and that's why I think of them as a spirit guide as well. Next slide. And this, you probably can't see it because I actually shrunk it down to the size that it probably was when we were hiking up the hill. There's a little wolf there, uh, a black wolf, which is exactly what, as we were hiking back, I was, she was carrying both of our packs because I'd hurt myself. And there's this wolf standing on the hill, perfectly silhouetted. And I couldn't get a picture of it, so I just um, added that in. Uh, that's the only part of the, all of these slides that's not actually taken right there. But that's what it looked like, okay? And uh, she immediately said, is that a wolf? And I said, yeah, that's a wolf. And the wolf disappeared. And I said, it, you, know, you never know. You can just see. And bingo, it came back. And it looked at us, and it was curious. Curiosity, that's what it's all about when you're on a trip. That's what brings all the sacred Joy and all the all the ahas, it's curiosity. And that wolf represented that in the most perfect way. It popped back and forth four times watching us before it realized that we were going to come up there to say hello and it said, no, goodbye, and uh, took off. And Shehaley ran up the hill with two backpacks. and uh, It was long gone. She actually spotted just a dot in the distance by the time she got to the top of the hill. Uh, that wolf just was sensing his freedom and his joy to just run like the wind, uh, and uh, he did. Next slide. This critter, this beautiful fox, came right by our campsite, and he lingered, and he communed. You could, I'm almost thinking that's what he was doing, because he kept stopping and, and uh, marking and just letting us know he was there, she was there, whichever it was, and uh, It was, again, a representation, a a sign, if you want to call it that. What does a fox stand for? You know, sometimes you think of trickiness, but wily and smart, and also the trickster is friendly. They'll come really closer than almost any other animal. I've seen them on the trail within a few hundred, I mean, a few feet, uh, where they just finally decide they're going to go away. So uh, this was just another would what what you call a special moment uh, that you have in the wilderness that you know you're really connected in a deeper way. Let's go to the next slide. And there's the first grizzly w- that we saw. We saw two of them. And what happened was that Shehaley and I stayed in camp because she wasn't feeling up to it, uh, carrying two backs, packs up a mountain. And uh, I wasn't really keen on hiking that day either with my back. So uh, the rest of the five went up climbed a mountain, and at the saddle, they surprised this guy. And he was really close. And he reared up, and they all just sort of made lots of noise. You're like, we're not going to hurt you. Everything's okay. Uh, be a buddy. And he just sat down and walked away. And I'm sure uh, that we all felt, they all felt, and I did later when I saw the next grizzly, the power uh, the amazing connection that they have with the landscape, they just seem to know exactly where they're going, what they're doing all the time. And uh, so that sense of power when you see an animal like that, it stays with you, and you take that back as a gift. Let's go to the next slide. Now, here's the last day. We had not seen any more caribou for seven days. And we we're supposed to fly out on the seventh day. And guess what? The weather turned impossible. Uh, Totally socked in. Uh, We had flights booked. We had hotels booked. Can't call them. Guess what? No cell service. (laughs) What a concept, especially for a (laughs) 15-year-old who was raised on phones, right? And uh, so uh, we had already packed our stuff up, sitting on the landing strip, unpack it all, reset up our tents. And again, divine order. Because the next day, I was sitting on a hillside, and my back was good enough I could hike again. I had already climbed a mountain by that time. And I'm sitting on the hillside by myself, just enjoying the solitude. And the camp's about a half a mile away, and I hear caribou. I hear somebody said it in a regular voice, and it was just like it came to me from next to me, caribou. I jumped up, and I went back to the camp, and sure enough, this is what we saw. this, 52, we counted, caribou, following the trail of the pioneers that had gone before them heading south, uh, knowing that they were... uh, And and you could see that they were all prepared. They were all healthy-looking and strong and heavy. They had bulked up. Uh, Next slide. And then this is the next to the last slide. And I put it up there because even though it's a really gossamer rainbow, it was just such a joy to see it. And all of us just stood there watching it and feeling blessed, feeling how blessed we were to have this rainbow in our life for one time, for the whole trip. Uh, and then the last slide was the Northern Lights. And <laughs> it was just so amazing. I'm sleeping at 2 o'clock, and all of a sudden I just hear something that wakes me up. And I open the flap of my tent, and there it is, and out I come. And everybody's out, and we're all just saying, oh my God, it's so, it's so beautiful. And I could hear the ladies saying, it looks like God speaking to us and, and making light across the sky. That's what uh, a sacred journey is all about. It's, it's knowing that everything that happens during that journey, whether it be something unexpected, a problem, an issue, it's all meant for good. It's all meant to uplift us. It's all meant to bring, give us gifts that touch us at a soul level that we can bring back, transform our lives and share with others. And so I shared this today because I know that you have the opportunity to go on a sacred journey anytime you decide to do it. But I also want to say that every journey can be a sacred journey. I went up uh, to get a haircut uh, just Friday. And the lady in the chair was new, got to talking. She's a unity person from Portland, just moved down here. She was in the Y-O-U young lady, and she asked for the link. She wants to watch this. She's going to Portland. She'll be there. wants to watch it. Talk about, you know, a divine order right away. It's just serendipity. It's synchronicity. And I went up to visit Elaine yesterday to move a refrigerator from her house to Suzanne. Uh, and she gave me what was the statement, Elaine? Do you remember it? See, I've got it here somewhere. Oh, here it is. <laughs> I wrote it down. Uh, she said, She sent this to me, she said, a journey is a trip after the first thing goes wrong. (laughs) And everything that went wrong was right in the long run. But you don't know that until you unpack the journey. I can't say I had all these revelations during the journey. A lot of times you're just trying to get back to the tent and survive the cold or whatever it is. Uh, And it's only afterward, so when I talk about a sacred journey, there's the hero's journey that Joseph Campbell describes, the loneliness, the longing, you want to go somewhere, the quest itself, and then you come back and you analyze and you meditate or you review or you unpack or whatever it is. And to me, that's the most important part of the whole journey. It's what, where all the transformations come from. It's where all the difference occurs in your life. So, I would ask each of you, uh, in closing, to think about every journey you take as a sacred journey, every place you step as a sacred ground, and every step as a prayer. Thank you.